Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. That's why most people are confused. They have a great worth ethic. They, they think. I do good at work, so to become a Christian, I just have to do these things. You have to take communion. You've got to be a member of a church. You've got, you got to come on Saturday. And that's why some of you here tonight are confused. You've been coming to this church week after week or some other church in town. You week after week, and you think you're going to heaven because you're sitting in this pew. It isn't going to happen. Only way is God's way. The only work that sinful man can do is to believe. Jesus often used parables or little stories to explain certain truths about God, the kingdom of heaven, or even behavior. In today's message, Pastor Mark will teach from the parable of the wheat and the tares. In this parable, Jesus is the one who sows good seed. The field is the world, and the good seed is children of the kingdom. Heaven and hell are both real destinations. As Christians, we're to be working now while there is still time. Our job that God has called every Christian to is to spread the good news. We do it so that others may receive the same reward eternal life in heaven. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13 verse 24 as we join Pastor Mark for our continuing study entitled Live, Work for Today and the Future. This is what most people, most sinners, think of God. God's hard, He's mean, He's after them, and He asks things that are impossible to accomplish. Now, if you've been a Christian one day, look at your relationship with God tonight. The opposite is true. God is kind, He's patient, He's long-suffering, He's full of mercy, He's full of grace, His yoke is easy, his burden is light. He's the best boss I've ever had. Every day I get up, his mercies are what? Brand new. Hard boss? I wish I had an earthly boss like that. Don't you? So most Bible scholars would say this individual, and you're going to need to understand this, doesn't really have a relationship with God. You see, it's an incredible blessing to work for God. What you see here, and this is the danger. The Bible tells us that in the body of Christ, there are wheat and there are tares. Here's how that works. Watch me. In our churches, even in this church tonight, there are people sitting here who look like Christians. They're taking notes. They're paying attention. They're doing the right things. But we know from the book of Matthew, it says one day, some of these people on their performance reviews stand before God, and God says to them, now, who are you? 
Oh, you know me. We did miracles. We did this. We took notes. We were there attend. We were there every week when the doors opened. We volunteered in the bookstore. We, we helped in the kids' ministry. You know what Jesus' response is to him? What's the Bible say? I never what? Knew you. Well, how could that be? Because they were not genuine believers. You, you see, there was never true repentance. Now, that's not to scare people to the altar. That's foolish. It's to say to you tonight, what is a real Christian? It's somebody who's really repented and is following Jesus Christ. Many of these people that come to our altars and go to the prayer room never had a genuine conversion. They never follow through. There isn't anything. And they have a false assurance. They have that fire insurance. It's a very dangerous thing. You're going to see why in this passage as we go through. Look at verse 26. His master replied, remember we talked about last week, lazy. Well, look what he replies. He said, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I... Now, he's not saying, I do that. He's saying, that's what you think? So what if it was true? I'm still your boss. And he goes on, he says, well, then you should have at least put my money in deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Notice Jesus says two things about this guy. What are they? Wicked. If you're a believer, for sure, he isn't going to say that about you. What does he mean by wicked? It means he was doing his own thing. He, he didn't obey God. He didn't duplicate the money. He went and did his own thing because of fear. You see, there was no faith. He was faithless. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He believed in himself. He wasn't repentant. Now, the Bible says because there's no faith, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says, we remain dead in our trespasses and sin. So he remained a wicked man, even sitting in the church service, because he had never truly asked Jesus Christ into his heart and begun that walk of following him. The fruit of repentance never showed. Lazy? Now, why would he call him lazy? Because he was afraid of failure, he was afraid of work, and he was afraid of God. He was afraid, notice, of failure, of work, and of God. Did he work at all? Yes. He worked hard. What did he do? Follow me. He's got the money. Where does he go with it? He's going to his backyard. What's he doing? He's digging a hole. He's digging a big hole. He buries it. Here comes the master. He's going out. He's working again. He's what? Unburying it. He worked, but it wasn't the right kind of work. It wasn't of faith. Now notice verse 28. Do you think, without looking at it, do you think this man will be judged like the other two? Absolutely. Every person will be judged. Verse 28. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And here's where verse 30 is a hard verse. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Heaven and hell are real destinations. You see, there's only two types of people. Those who know God, have been born again, have a genuine salvation experience and are following God. Those who 
don't know God, aren't serving Him. Their future is different. If you know God tonight, your future is heaven. Notice he said to the two, come in and to the joys of God. Heaven's going to be joyous. It's going to be awesome. You say, well, there's work there. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Because you're working with God. It's awesome. We're working with God now. Isn't it awesome now? All day, I was just praying and reading over and doing more stuff. I couldn't wait to get here tonight. Because I love to teach God's word. You love to come. It's exciting, serving God. We're going to do that for all eternity. Isn't that great? Now, the other person, notice, it says, we have a lot of people today that make fun of hell. Hell is not a place you want to go to. By the way, in the New Testament, Jesus speaks more of hell than heaven. Why? Because he's trying to get people to realize it's a place you don't want to go to. Notice the word darkness. When you see darkness, often it refers to hell. See, the Bible says that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So that's a very simple understanding of what hell is. God is light, and in him is how much darkness? None. So if hell is darkness, how much of God is in hell? So that's what hell is. It's man being separated from God forever. It's not a joyous place. It's not a fun place. Amazing. People say, yeah, go to hell, do whatever, going to have fun in hell, drumming. That's just because they're deceived. They don't have a clue. Weeping and gnashing of teeth, all that means is unrelieved agony, pain, and suffering. So we are to work now, including sharing the good news while there's time. Now, I want to share with you something very interesting. <clears throat> Those of you that are Christians tonight, we're going to go pretty fast now. Just, just think of this. You're a Christian here tonight. Just think of this picture. One day, you and I we go up to heaven, and we've made it to heaven. We're Christians. And we're in this big room. And there's only two of us there. God, he gets the big chair. <laughs> Me. And he takes out a videotape. And look what's on the videotape. It's very simply labeled to all of us. Mark Balmer, what might have been. And he puts it in the player. And I sit and watch it. What do you think? Now forget my tape, you put your own in. How many of us do you think tonight will be a little shocked at what he had planned for us and what we didn't accomplish? Anybody out there? I'm sure it won't happen. I'm just trying to challenge you about that. Because when you think about that, it means this. Imagine if we would have trusted God more in our finances, in our relationships, in our jobs, in our time, our talents, our spiritual gifts, our opportunities. It's not too late to go for it. It's not too late to go for it right now. You see, the tragedy of wasted opportunities, the pain of unrealized potential. Interesting in the Bible, Jesus one day says to his disciples this. Remember I told you at the beginning of the teaching tonight, between right now and the end of your life, I don't care how long you've been a Christian, I don't care what role you have, between now and the end of your life, you're either going to go for it for someone, yourself, or you're going to go for it all for God. Interesting, one day Jesus said to his disciples, try to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you totally lose your life for me, you're going to save for it. You're going to save it. And what he meant is this, let's go for it. Step out in faith. Enjoy your walk with God. 
Be excited about what God's doing. Turn to me, John chapter 4. You see another verse from Proverbs. He who gathers crops in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps during the harvest is a disgraceful son. Do you think the harvest time is now? Do you really think the harvest time is now? Well, let's look at what John chapter 4, down to verse, 30, verse 34. You know the story well. We'll recap it quickly. Jesus been sharing with a Samaritan woman. Disciples went off to town to get some food. They came back. They offered Jesus some lunch. They know he hasn't eaten. Look what Jesus says in verse 34. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish what? His work. He just reminded that working for God was great. It was joyful. Do you and I get satisfaction out of giving ourselves? After 50 years or 50-some years of serving God, do I still enjoy serving God? Absolutely. Do I sometimes wish I would take more risks for God as he leads? Yeah, because I'm basically a conservative guy. I have to work on my faith just like you do. Now look at verse 35. We just read that Solomon said, He who gathers crops in the summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps during the harvest is disgraceful. Jesus teaches just like Solomon. Look at verse 35. He says to his disciples, Do not say four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe and harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Jesus was saying the harvest is now. It's ready. Go for it. It's not enough to see it. You've got to go for the need. Interesting. Let me tell you a true story. When I was in California at the pastor's conference, K.P. Yohannan was a great work in India called Gospel for Asia. While I was out there, I talked with him, and he said this. Recently, a leader of 8 million Indians in India came to him, and he said this. Brother K.P., I don't know you, but my people, we've tried to live under Hinduism. It's a dead end for these people that follow me. He said, then I began to study Buddhism. But there wasn't anything in Buddhism. It's just a dead thing, no personal God. And he said, Brother KP, somebody gave me a Bible. I started reading. I didn't know a thing about the Bible. But as I read the Bible, here's what I want to say to you. This is the way I want to go. This seems to be life. And here's what I want to ask you, Brother KP. I have 8 million people that follow me. Can you send me missionaries to change them all to Christianity? Hello. Is the harvest ready? Now you say, wow, that's exciting. I'm not done. Short weeks later, another man from India comes up to KP, doesn't know this first man. He has 15 million people following him. Same scenario. I was given a Bible. I began studying the Bible. I heard that you have a ministry. Can you come and convert my 15 million Indians? Now KP's going, 23 million people? (laughs) Can God do it? Sure he can do it. I mean, you can imagine, they have no idea even how to begin. But they're tooling up. They're praying. They're fasting. They're going to meet the need. My friends, the harvest is now. Turn to one last passage, John chapter 6. You say, well, there's not 15 million people around here. No, but there's 500,000. And one of the greatest confusion parts of all is what I'm going to teach you next. And this is the last thing we're going to teach. We must be able to explain this to them. No one can work his or her way 
into heaven. John chapter 6, verse 27. Jesus speaking. Do not work for food that spoils. Do you remember everything that I talked about at the beginning in the U-Haul? Isn't going to last. It's all gone for him. When God recreates this earth, it's all going to be gone totally. It doesn't mean, Jesus said back in John 4, it didn't mean that Jesus didn't need food. He just said, right now my priority is not things. My priority is doing the work of God because I get great fulfillment. The harvest was now, the lady was here, God brought her, we took care of God's business. Remember my second point? We have to continue God's work. That's the role you and I have. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you if you work hard enough. Is that what it says? No, he's going to give it to you. On him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Notice what the disciples asked. Very interesting question. And they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? See, man is always into do, 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 do. God's into done, 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 done. It's already been done. Now, after it's been done, then we do. Did you get that? After it's been done, then we do. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 always come before Ephesians 2, 10. 2, 8, 9 is your grace, saved by grace. 2, 10 is he's created you to do good works. So just keep it in the right order. Don't put 10 before 8, 9. You'll be home free. The cults always put 10 first. It always works. Notice what he says. Disciples asking the same thing. What do we have to do here to do the works that God wants us to do? Jesus answered, he said this. Here's the work of God. It's simply this. What is it? To believe in the one he has sent. That's why most people are confused. They have a great worth ethic. They, they think, I, I do get to work, so to become a Christian, I just have to do these things. You have to take communion. You've got to be a member of a church. You've got, you got to come on Saturday. And that's why some of you here tonight are confused. You've been coming to this church week after week or some other church in town. You week after week, and you think you're going to heaven because you're sitting in this pew. It isn't going to happen. Only way is God's way. The only work that sinful man can do is to believe Jesus did all the work by suffering and dying on the cross of Jesus Christ so that we would believe in him. By the way, the word believe is an active verb. It simply means this. Here, you've got to get it. I told you a long time ago, but it means this. I can talk about that this stool is going to hold me up. I can say, I believe in this stool. I know you're a good stool. You're pretty balanced. I know it's good. So you can say, well, I know Jesus can forgive me of sin. I know I can have eternal life. I know now, Pastor Mark, you told me not to go to heaven. I know it can all happen. Well, you've got to do it. Well, what do you mean I have to do it? You have to sit on a stool. No. You have to believe. You have to ask Jesus Christ in your heart. Now, the way you do that is four simple steps. We'll talk about it in a moment. Why don't you give you one verse on the overhead? Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that he raised from the dead, you will be saved. Then it's a beginning of walking and following Jesus Christ. He's not just your Savior. He's your Lord. I put a verse on the overhead for you because I think it's a sad picture, but I think it speaks volumes to us as we close tonight. Jeremiah 8.20 says this, The harvest is past, the summer has ended, and we are not saved. Here the prophet of God was watching the people of God reject God, putting off what needs to be done today, the tragedy of a wasted opportunity. I started this teaching by saying this. 
between this day and your last day on earth, you will give your life to someone. Will it be yourself or will it be to God? Those of you that are already Christians, play your tape back from last week. Take your camera in your mind tonight. What was last week like for God? Live for self or full on for God? Oh God, you open a door, that person's talking about you, and I don't have time. <laughs> when I was out in the shop today, God just opened the door, began sharing the gospel. I know you love God. Enjoy his work. It's exciting work. We're seeing lives change every week. You are. You're doing great. Just enjoy it. You see, between now and the end of our time, whenever that is, don't pay attention to the U-Haul. Don't be storing it up. Store it in heaven. The only thing you store in heaven? Souls. Think about it tonight in your own life. See, the danger of us tonight is this. Go, hey, Mark. Hey, Pastor Mark. Nice, nice teaching. When are we out of here? No, this is for you. This is for me. You see, if we get it, then we become the workers that he wants us to. You see, there's a performance review coming. And you shouldn't say, well, I guess i got to work tonight because there's a performance review coming. You're going to fail the performance review. Because most of the performance review is not only on work, but it's on what? Motive. See, he isn't a bad taskmaster. He's a great boss. It's exciting, isn't it? To watch people's lives change. I want you to look at this verse from Jeremiah again. It's, it's a sad verse. It speaks to our heart. The harvest is past. The summer has ended. And we are not saved. Now that's not just for those that are here tonight. That's for those of us that have relatives and friends that don't know God. Anybody have people like that? Co-workers that don't know God? So what did we begin praying this week? God, open a door. Open a door of responsibility. You've given me talent. You've given me the ability. God, open it for me. I don't want the summer to be passed. I want to see people, relatives, friends, co-workers, neighbors come to the Lord. Bring a great revival to our churches in this area, to the world. May their eyes be open. The harvest is ready right now, guys. It's there. People are hungry and searching for God. We have the answer. In a moment, we're going to bow our heads. Some of you here aren't saved. You're not a believer. You don't really know God. Don't make this something that's on your mind. Don't harden your heart tonight. If God's been speaking to you during this service and you know you're not right with God, here's the four things you have to do. You have to admit you're a sinner. The Bible says all of sin. Second, you have to repent. It means you're sorry for your sin. You desire to go a different direction. Then you have to basically believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. That's the only reason. That's what the belief means. He died on the cross. He did all the work for you. And then you have to begin following him. You ask him in your heart and then begin following him. What a great exhortation from Pastor Mark. The time is now to get to work in harvesting the fields. Where are those fields? Your school, your work, your family, your friends. It's anywhere people are. God has given us all different talents and different abilities. We must be using those talents that He has given us to tell others about Jesus Christ. Will we see you using your gifts to glorify God? Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we will talk about something that may be very hard for some people, trust. Do you have a hard time trusting anyone, trusting God? Is it hard when people have let us down so many times to trust, to put complete dependence on someone? Pastor Mark will show us throughout the Bible where God tells us to trust Him completely and lean not on ourselves. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. Let us hear your lessons.